Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, welcome back to another episode of A Bit of Anything Podcast. I am your host, along with Dr. Dan. Uh, Dr. Dan, a lot of news going on this evening. Just to name a few things, coaches being fired and former... MVP caliber players being released after time with the Jets. You might ask, what's new about that? There really isn't anything because nobody wants to play for the Jets. But we have some stuff on the docket. First off, how you doing? And then tell us what's on the docket for this evening. So I should just preface anything I have to say with Le'Veon Bell wasn't sentenced to the Jets as some sort of criminal penalty he opted to go there as a choice Yeah, that was his choice choice that he made a financial decision uh, yeah so yeah that that hurts my head a little bit but other than that i'm oh, doing good. pretty well yeah <laughs> but uh it's it's kind of interesting that this Le'Veon bell thing happened so suddenly that just today earlier today the news broke that they were going to look to trade him and then all of a sudden they're just like, you know what, the hell with that, well, let's just release it. And what's interesting to me I mean, about that, Dan, is that he's always on the trading block. I, ever since he got there and they fired McCagganin uh, as their GM. That's exactly yes, how you pronounce and, it. And Gase, the taco-dreaming psychopath, uh Ever since he got there, Bell has been an unwanted figure in the building. I don't know why. Um, I thought he would help the Jets win some games. I don't know. I, I don't know why he... Why, I mean... They couldn't even get like a seventh round or a sixth round draft pick for him. They couldn't they could get nothing because everybody knew they wanted to get rid yeah, of it. I think the same thing. That's... But I, I think the... What, what must be going on is he must be, like, the world's biggest asshole. <laughs> and, like, every day that he shows up for work, they're like, oh, my God, here comes Le'Veon. He like comes in the building and just immediately does something, like, asshole-ish that pisses everybody off. And, like, you know, he shakes your hand and then turns around and gets on Twitter and, like, sends you a middle finger. It's, like, I don't know. He just seems like he's that kind of guy, like he rubs everybody wrong. And I think that I don't understand how the Steelers dealt with him and Brown. No, I, I think we either, either they just didn't act that way yet. <laughs> we've said before that the Steelers coach Tomlin probably deserves a Nobel Peace Prize for at least, I don't know, a few years. How long were they together? Like three years? See, Bell must have been drafted in 13, and so they played together, he held out in 18, so 13 to 17, so four full seasons. Okay. So he, five he deserves at least two or three Nobel Peace Prizes. Tomlin. Oh, yeah. I don't, I just, like, you can't even imagine. They must have been afraid of him. Maybe he, like, showed up at their house in, like, the middle of the night. <laughs> stood on their porch, like, kind of with, like, one of those crazy stares that he gives and said some kind of nonsensical stuff, like, we can only give our full 
effort 100% of this. I, I don't know. You know what he says. He gets there and says all kinds of <laughs> ridiculous things that mean really nothing. <clears throat> but where do you, what do you think? So, so what do you think's happened with Bell? Bell sat out 2018. He came back in 2019, and he had to have been sober because I'm sure they drug tested him, and he signed with the Jets. And then he had one of the worst years of his career. And then it seemed like they were trying to trade him, but they couldn't. It seemed like they were trying to trade a lot of players, but they couldn't. And then they ended up trading them this year. And, uh, you know, like, like a guy like Bell is like telling um, Jamal Adams not to want to leave. that They're trying to build something there and everything like that. And he believes in Sam Darnold. And he's cut before the trade deadline's even up. They didn't even, like, sit on him for a few weeks. No. They just were like, let's get him out of here. Every day he comes in the building, he's an asshole. Get him out of here. You know, like... Yeah, I don't... Maybe maybe Tomlin shows up at his house in the middle of the night again. gives him a what-for talk. Like, and it's just like, he's like, look here, son. I gave you years ago. See how... Like, you want to yeah, win a Super Bowl? See how they worked? See how that was good? Now... You've got yeah. your money. Let's go win a Super Bowl. Quit being a little a whiner butt, and, yeah, and quit let's, being a bitch. Uh, let's go win a Super Bowl. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. So, I don't think that it's a lack. I I think really good players in the NFL. The they get just that person becomes a star and a lot of people don't realize how much of a team game this is it truly is a team game system now it's not system. just him running the football it's the person calling the right play at the right time in the right formation with you know i i think offensive lines are criminally underrated uh, I think his best years in Pittsburgh, they had fairly decent offensive lines. Um, and so, you know, I, I don't know if it was just like he was a product of the system that then, I mean, he's talented. The guy's talented. But when you go to the Jets I mean, and you're chasing, like, you kind of deserve what you get. Like, you you left exactly. you a definitely good team. Do. And I feel like, I feel like you, well, you would know better than I do. He held out 2018 because he wanted a better contract. I have another okay. theory, though. And I, 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 so in 2018 or, or no, it could have been 2018, it must have been 2017 or 2016, Ben Roethlisberger had issues with the Steelers offensive coordinator, Todd Haley. He wanted Todd Haley to be up in the booth instead of down on the sideline because Todd Haley would be, like, in your face. And if you've ever seen an interview with Todd Haley, he's, like, extremely confrontational. Um, so my other theory was Le'Veon Bell held out after Haley gets fired. Haley's offense made – it was like a superstar system. It was like, if you're good at these things that I want you to be good at, I'll just keep giving you the ball, giving you the ball, giving you the ball, giving you the ball, and pad your stats. Antonio Brown, Le'Veon Bell, both good under Haley. And maybe Haley was the kind of guy 
who they'd come over on the sideline and they like wouldn't want him to be in their face. You know, maybe he was the guy that was keeping the peace because of how like aggressive he is towards those people, but it was his system that made them. So if he was coaching for a team, I would really think that one or the other, or both of those guys right now might be headed that direction. But I think he coaches high school now because didn't he beat up some kids on the beach or something? He, he's, a, he's a crazy <laughs> I guy. I don't remember that at all. <laughs> something like that. Um, yeah, so so that's my that's my backup theory there. But I, I, I think you're 100% right that he's a system player. He fit into the Steelers system because they were trying to run this patient run-pass offense. Um, kind of like the pass set up the run because they were doing a lot of zone blocking. Uh, so that's what he fit the best, but I don't know who else is really running that type of a system where he could go fit into it. I don't think he's going to be anybody's feature back now. Um, you always have the bottom feeders like, like the lions and the lions have teams like that that are, so they're set. I know, but, but he's 62 years old already anymore. And, Those testosterone replacement therapies, yeah. I tell you what. But, um, yeah, so I, I don't know. I don't know where he goes. You know, who needs a running back? You think maybe uh, the Bears, uh, their running back got injured. I think he's out for the year with the ACL. Um, like you said, the Chiefs, maybe. The Patriots always like to sign players and win Super Bowls that piss me off and yeah, I've heard the Chiefs. I'm not. Uh, I don't know that you would want to stunt the growth of your. I mean, I I don't know. I don't know how coaches think because they've got Clyde Edwards Hilaire who's doing a really good job. He's been a really good uh, running back for them this year. Um, so I I I don't know that he fits there. But I mean, it would be just my luck to have them sign him this year and uh he does really well for him i i like you said i've heard the patriots as well i don't know that he really fits they've got like 15 running backs already um yeah it seems like they have a pretty stable running back position so i honestly i don't know where he goes i i don't know now i don't i Dallas is set when you look around the NFL it seems like you know a team that he might fit is the Seahawks the Seahawks really don't have a running back that they can rely on I don't know if he fits their system but they're a team maybe to watch kind of under the cut under the radar because they really don't have they've got Chris Carson and he does okay yeah um I don't know. Maybe he ends up in Tampa Bay. Puts up Bay some with decent numbers, actually. There. I don't know. It could be. Uh, yeah, it'd be interesting to see. I, I wonder if um, if his attitude is one of the big problems, and if that gets out in the league, doesn't really get out in the news. But could we see that Le'Veon Bell doesn't even sign with the team for the rest of the year? I think somebody signs him. I do. Yeah. I don't know who, but I think yeah. they will. I don't think he'll be on the market longer than I give it like two weeks, and I bet he's I maybe not even that. 
and then and he's back. That's just my that's my uh, my hypothesis. To my two opinion. Hypothesis. I'll tell you one place that they can't sign him. New York. That's the Falcons. The Falcons are yes. broke. The Falcons had to fire their head coach because he can't afford and a win. And they also had to fire their GM. Because he's used all of the owner's money on... Six players. Six players? Why don't you read that list for us? Because let's talk about that, because that's stunning. So let me preface what Tyler's about to say with... The fact that the league is having to shut off so many of these games to fans and there's such limited attendance and spending this year with the NFL, the cap is expected to go down next offseason to approximately $175 million for the total football team. Go ahead, sir. I know it's right here. So the Falcons have six players. Scheduled to absorb more than $136 million in cap space next year. That is Matt Ryan, Julio Jones to make $23.05 million. Defensive tackle Grady Jarrett to make $20.83 million. Left tackle Jake Matthews, $20.21 million. Pass rusher Dante Fowler Jr., 18.67, and linebacker Deion Jones, 12.63 million. The next text says they'll need cardboard cutouts to field an 11 man team. (laughs) (laughs) That's that's 78% of their roster. They're literally going to stretch the cap just to have 11 players on offense. They're, they're gonna have they're gonna have somebody playing Iron Man football next year in, in Atlanta. They have to unless they can dump some of that uh, yeah. salary. And and I don't know, you know, you and I have talked about this before. How a lot of these contracts really aren't what they're made to be. Uh, Definitely you, you not. You can convert them to signing bonuses. You can convert them to, you know, salary to different things, and you can you can make up. Uh, salary uh space in different ways options include trades they include incentivizing things um and so it may it may look like that right now but they could they could readjust that turn things into signing bonuses and clear some cap space but i mean that's six players that like you said like you're gonna have to have like cardboard cutouts or you're gonna have to go you're gonna have to play two ways your linebacker's gonna have to also be a tight end and your corners are gonna have to be receivers if you want and your head coach plays free go. safety yeah they might have to hire like some young uh some young <laughs> guy i don't know that used to play safety and or maybe they'll play they'll hire charles woodson to be their coach and he can still play there you go. But out of that list, like when you said Dante yeah, Fowler Jr., $18.3 Look at Listen to his stats. Okay, he was drafted in the first round, third overall pick by the Jacksonville Jaguars in 2016. He had four sacks in 16, 18, or eight sacks in 17, four sacks in 18, 
11 and a half sacks last year with the Rams. He has one sack so far this year. $18 million. That list that you read off, it screams desperation. I know I'm at my end. If this doesn't work and we don't get back to the Super Bowl, I'm fired yep. GM. You know? That's terrible. I mean, like, what's the dead... Uh, let's see if I can pull up the Falcons cap. <clears throat> are they, what are they going to do? Are they going to ask people to play for free? They might have to. At if this the fans want to come in? <laughs> have some kind of contest for the fans? Who wants to play quarterback like, next uh, year? Why not? What's that Invincible with Vince Papali? They're going to have to hold yeah. tryouts. Just go down to the local prison, bail a couple yeah. people out. There you go. Oh, my God. Leo Jones has like $38.5 million dead cap money. Matt Ryan has about $50 million. Yeah, Grady Jarrett, $13 million. Jake Matthews, $5 million. Fowler, $15 million. Jeez. A.J. Terrell, who I don't even know who that is, $11 million. Sounds like a person. I just don't know who he is. Jeez Louise. Yeah, that... uh. That GM set them up horribly. Yeah, Ted, oh, Ted, Ted Dimitrioff. Dimitrioff. There we go. Yeah. Wow. That's bad. They're, they're, they're done. I mean, Dan Quinn, I, I don't know. My opinion, you know me, I'm kind of harsh. I'm like that. I'm like the coach that would like literally cut somebody during the game. <laughs> Like, you pissed me off, you didn't kick the ball like the way I like it, you're done. Or like, you didn't run the ball the way I like it, you fumbled, you're done. Take your uniform off, get off the field. The Falcons get to the Super Bowl. It's 28-9 to in the fourth quarter, and they lose the damn game. How do you, how do you think that the that grown men are going to follow that coach again? They're going to roll their eyes every time they get in the situation, and he... Well, up. everything he did after that, I mean, you're out. You're right. It just, it was downhill from there. They, I think the next year, they weren't very good, and it's just they've been. I, I, I think you're very, very correct in saying, we're. I am desperate. I'm going to go sign these players. Screw the future. We're going to be good this year, and it's going to have to happen, or I'm going to get the axe. And he got the axe. Both of them did. Both of them got the axe. Yeah. So. It's it's a it's a bad situation. I wonder. I wonder what kind of a lesson this becomes. That receivers can be great, and Julio Jones is a great receiver. He probably is a Hall of Famer. It's probably borderline because I like my Hall of Famers to have rings. But um, he he can't account for that much of the team's money, and the team be a consistent contender. Like like the 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 Cardinals are paying DeAndre Hopkins twenty seven million dollars this year. 
they can afford to do that because their expectations aren't like Super Bowl or right. bust. You know, but if four years down the road they can't afford to pay him $27 million because if Kyler Murray continues to improve, you expect that that team's going to get better. He's going to need to get paid. They're just in a situation where they right. can afford to do that. But it's not sustainable. DeAndre Hopkins will not be a Cardinal in five years, probably, unless he's like their whole offense. And he very well I don't know. Be, it's hard to say. I think he was most of he the could offense be. In, in Houston. Oh, yeah. They're, yeah. Um, but it's, it's interesting. I think that Matt Ryan, I mean, how can you look at all those losses and not say, man, Matt Ryan... Matty Ice, they call you? Is it because you, like, cool off to the point of being ice cold towards the end of it games? It seems as though he's slipped like, in damn. recent years. His production is not gone. He's not. Gone well. Yeah. I I mean, you right now they're set up where I don't think they can financially get rid of him. Right, Not right now, but like I think that they know now that he's not the quarterback of the future and they're not going to win with him. Is there him. a team that you think would take a chance in trading for Matt Ryan? Their quarterback right now is so putrid that they would be like, you know, if we maybe trade, we've got the cap space. If we traded for Matt Ryan, that would take us to respectability. Is there a team that you th- can think of? I know I'm putting you on the spot. That would that would be that <laughs> no, would do that. I don't think there are many teams in the league that have quarterbacks that that Matt Ryan is is really better I than. I mean, the I, I don't know. You look at teams like the Dolphins and the Jets, but I kind of like Ryan Fitzpatrick. I think he's kind of a maniac, and sometimes he plays really well, sometimes he doesn't, but. For Miami, I think he's fine. They have two Attaglioville or whatever the hell his name is, so he's going to be coming up soon. They don't need to make that trade. The Jets are a disaster. Why even bother? Um, I think of maybe the Colts because it looks like Philip Rivers has fallen and yes. cannot get up. He's, he's got um, like that walker out there is just a hindrance to him. Jeez. Yeah, he's not looking so hot. So I don't know. Like, but is Matt Ryan better than Jacoby Brissett? Maybe. Maybe. But I think like, he's better. I can think he's he put better up than Philip Rivers? Yeah, I think he's better than Philip Rivers. I don't know if Jacoby Brissett's better than Philip Rivers. So that's interesting because I'm not sure that Ryan's better than Brissett. But uh, you know, can can Ryan come in and put up numbers to do anything in the AFC? I don't think so. I think he needs to stay in the NFC. And I just don't see anywhere that, that needs him. I mean, the 49ers, could the 49ers be interested? But they have $100 million contract with Garoppolo. He's, they, they've bombed. They've yes, just injuries bombed. have killed them. That, but but they, they have the same problem because Shanahan was with the Falcons as offensive coordinator when they lost that right. Super Bowl. He did the same damn thing, lost the damn Super Bowl when you had the lead. You know, it happens a lot now in football. Their teams can come back. You know, it's so strange. They play, like, three quarters, like, complete crap. And then it's like, oh, well, we're down by 12. Let's just three straight touchdown drives. What the hell? You know, it's like, where did this come from? Why are the games not more consistent? Yeah. But, yeah, so 
I don't know. That's that's. I think that's the state of the Falcons right it, it there. A, it's a a bleak future. Sorry to put the damper on things, but yes. you know, uh, there's not much room to cut players. It doesn't sound like because then your caps like you're eating just dead cap space. So you're gonna have to kind of just for a few years. I think you have to rely on on the draft um, and draft well. But I mean, now it's like. I, I don't feel like GMs, new GMs, they don't really get that much time to find their guys. Um, yeah, I mean, well, it, it, it depends. Like, I think some of these situations they do, but, but the GM has to be smart and not walk into a, a buzzsaw like taking the New York Jets job or taking a Cleveland Browns job, things like that. I mean... I know Cleveland's what are they three and one or four and one right now, and that's but the next four and few one. weeks that's all well and dandy. Telltale sign of if they're. I know they play. Yeah. I know they play the Steelers. They're the Cleveland Browns. Let's just even if they beat the Steelers, win one of those games, they're the Cleveland Browns. It's they're not. It's don't don't waste our time, <laughs> Cleveland. Sorry, but don't waste our time. So they play. <clears throat> I can't remember who they play the. The Steelers this week, and then they play somebody else the next week, and then they play the Raiders, I think, week, maybe it's, yeah, week seven is they play the Raiders, I'm pretty sure. So, anyways, yes, so we'll kind of find out if they are for real or not when they actually have to play real football teams. They've beaten the Bengals, they've beaten Washington, uh, they beat... Think, did they beat the oh the Cowboys, Colts. and then they also played the Colts last week and beat the Colts. Yeah, beat so them. they're four and one. The only good team they've played is the Ravens, and they got slaughtered. Um, so, I mean, are they good? It's tough to tell when you're playing crap teams. So you're beating <laughs> a crap true. team. But what about what about when you're like? throttling the defending Super Bowl you mean champions. Like the did? Well, then you know you're a good team. <laughs> Is that what happened? <laughs> oh, that, okay. No, I, I like it. Uh, I didn't hear any, like, ridiculous stuff from Carr after the game. Like, I told you people in the media this or that. Like, like my advice to Carr would be, like, dude, just, like, the less you uh, can say, the better. Amen. Yep. Because I hate... Just, if they ask you a question, just say, like, just, just watch a Tom Brady press conference. It's like he's trying to piss everybody off, and it's just like, okay. But, I mean, that's what you do. Just act like you don't care. Give them questions that make them... Or give them answers that make them want to stop yeah. asking questions. Yeah. It, and don't show any emotions. And don't say things like, I, I, don't, I don't hear the haters anymore, because... Then you just realize, yeah, you do. What does that mean? You still listen to him. So. Yeah. But, yeah. He has, like, news media people blocked on social media and things like that, which, I mean, you know. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I mean, that that's a pretty good game. I was going to say something to, to talk about last week, but you weren't that optimistic after their uh, – who did they beat they, last week? So they, they – Played Broncos. Their first game, they beat the Panthers. The second game, they beat the Saints. Then they lost to the Patriots, and they lost to the Bills. Uh, 
Um, and yeah. so at that point, I was like, well, I kind of had him sitting at one and four to that point anyway. So I was like, well, you know, if you look at the glass half full, um, they at least they've, you know, won. They stole a game from from them. So going into the bye week, we're two and three. The rest of our schedule is pretty light. We play Tampa. We play uh, the Browns. We play the the Broncos twice. We play the Chiefs again, and that's really like the old the only team that is kind of scary because we play the Jets and we play. Uh, let's see, we play the Browns, the Jets, the Bucks, Denver twice. Um, and then we play the, oh, the Chargers twice as well. So if they can, you know, it, it, consistency is what I need to see from them before, because they've beat the Saints and they've beat the Chiefs. I feel like they should have been able to beat the Patriots and the Bills if they were playing well and they didn't. So they've got to just kind of put all that together and maybe... Maybe they they make the playoffs as a wild card team, but right now, to me, I just I I've got to see more consistency before I'm like, oh, yep, this is the year we're going to the playoffs. Like it just needs to be more consistent, because the two games they played, the Pats and the um, Bills, they were in the game until like the second half, and then they just shot themselves in the foot too many times. And you can't do that against good teams and be a good team. So, But, no, it was fun to see the Raiders win on Sunday against Mahomes. Carr had never won an Arrowhead ever uh, in seven years. So that was hopefully a monkey off of his back and a point of growth for the team as well. So Ruggs looked good. Ruggs is fast. Yeah. <laughs> I heard Chris... What do you think of? I heard Chris think? Sims. Oh, Chris Sims today uh, described him as having two rockets up his butt. That's what he. That's what he described yeah. him as, and it's true. He's he is fast. Um, just torch. Yeah, and he had good hands too. He made one really good contested catch off of a guy's helmet. Um, so yeah. you know, hopefully. Yeah, I mean, hopefully he can develop for you guys and become like a kind of all around guy not right. a one trick pony yep. and uh what do you think of car though like i mean you're usually extremely optimistic about the whole situation but do you think he's their their guy for the future or do you think like gruden is like working on a strategy to i never know <laughs> what chucky's thinking because so like everything in the media yeah. with anything is oh he's he's done really <laughs> well you never see that player again or he's our you know, he's the guy. The one thing they have not wavered on is that Carr seems to be their starting quarterback now and for the future. And that kind of seems to be the way that it's gone um, up to this point. I, you know, I think Carr is a decent quarterback. He's not elite. He's He needs good talent around him. He doesn't take other players to a higher level of of play. But, I mean, I have to give hats off to him against the Chiefs. 
He had almost 400 yards passing, three touchdowns, overcame an interception, um, and they scored when they had to. So usually I'm not a a car uh, apologist, or I, I really don't like him that much because he's so inconsistent. But this game, I've got to tip my hat to him. He played a great game, um, threw the ball deep when they had when it was available, um, and that's how you beat the Chiefs. Is you just kind of have to outgun them. They kept the ball. They were also able to beat them by ten minutes of possession. It was like thirty-nine to twenty-nine as far as possession goes, and so that that always helps too when you can keep Mahomes on the sideline and the defense was decent. I mean, they still gave up 32 points, but it, you know, it, they did. It was a good all round game. Do I, I think cars there for the, for the foreseeable future though, to answer your question bluntly. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I, I, you know, like I've, I've always said, I have nothing against car. I just think that he's, He's too. Um, he lets it get in his head what whatever other people are saying. He shouldn't. He should just try to to win. And I think that if he has a good season, is in like the top echelon of quarterbacks and statistics, gets like maybe one or two more big wins under his belt. I mean, how if they could defend and, and beat the Chiefs again when they come to Vegas, that'd be huge. I mean, he, he would definitely change in the national spotlight if that occurred. Um, but if, if they get to the playoffs and he wins a playoff game or two and looks pretty good in them and isn't the reason, like, he doesn't just implode as the reason that another playoff game is lost. Um, you know, I think he could really go into next season being in that upper class. But I could also see it where he doesn't live up to it and – here we go again with like, you know, John Gruden experimenting with an eight quarterback right. formation yeah. and, and signing every quarterback that's ever played football before. Trying to get and, Steve uh, Young to come out of retirement. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, maybe he can do it. Maybe he can. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I think, but, I think uh, you're right. I think he, you know, if he can get a, I think this year is kind of like uh, playoffs or bust, and I think you've where they've expanded the playoffs right now, you've got to take advantage of games like against the Jets, against the Chargers, and against the Broncos. That could, in theory, be five wins right there, and you're, you know, you're eight yeah. and eight. But then you also play um, the Bucks. I think is a winnable game. I haven't seen anything from the Bucks that's like, oh man, we're definitely gonna lose that game. Um, yeah, they don't have the same fear as the Patriots used to. No, no. I don't know. If, you know what I mean? Like, that's what it looked like from afar is that teams were, like, scared to right. get to the Patriots. And, and like I said, the rest of the schedule, when you play the Chargers twice, you play the Broncos twice, you play uh, – by that time we may know if the Browns are legit or not. So, you, you know, against the Browns and then – You've got the Jets that you have to go back east and play, and we struggle with that. They whooped us last year. Um, Sorry. No melatonin tonight, but got to yawn. 
So, I mean, you could have... Tyler's kicked drugs. He uh, hasn't used drugs in You could have six or seven more wins if you... You know, so that's... I mean, that it could happen. We could make the playoffs, and that would be great, and I think they need to win a playoff game for people to just be like, all right, Carr's their guy. They're not going to play Mariota, or they're not going to, you know start Nathan Peterman this year. Hopefully that doesn't ever happen. But anyway, I think, I think that's probably what I would need to see is I'd like to see a playoff win from Carr. He's been there seven years. His talent has been poor, but you know, elite quarterbacks do make mediocre players look great. He just doesn't do that. That's it's true, but I mean he he rips and passes with, you know he uh, has a lot of confidence in his guys. I think he puts guys in positions to do pretty well. And he did but, in this um, game. That's why I said he's all props to him against the Chiefs. He did fantastic. I other than that interception, um, I was I was very surprised at how well he played because usually the Chiefs are his kryptonite, especially in Arrowhead. But we also didn't play them in the dead of winter, which seems to help. He doesn't do well in the cold. Uh, and so that's, yeah. that's just one of those things. I think maybe playing them on a short week, plus it was warm. Um, it was a short week for the Chiefs. I think that probably helped a little bit. But I don't care what it was. We beat the Chiefs, hate the Chiefs. Um, so whatever it was, it worked well, and I'm so. happy for it. Good, good. So another rookie wide receiver that did okay. He did okay on Sunday. Is, um, what's his name? Chase oh, Claypool. Yeah. He, he did he okay. Had four touchdowns, he, I, mean, I think. He, four touchdowns, one rushing, three receiving. It's pretty good. I mean, it's okay. He could have made some other catches and had another touchdown. I would have put him close to 170 yards receiving and five touchdowns total. That guy looks like a a monster. I mean, for a guy his size to be as agile as he is, it completely juked out that Eagles linebacker. That Eagles linebacker saw him coming off the line of scrimmage kind of slow. And then suddenly Chase did some kind of move and went right past him, and that linebacker just fell over. It must have, like, completely surprised him how quick he was. But some of those sideline catches that he's already showing his ability to make, it's just ridiculous for a guy his size to control his body like that. I I don't know. I mean, he could fit really well into the Steelers' offense. I don't know that he'd be great everywhere. I think there are 11 receivers taken before him in the draft. Okay. Tough to believe. Yeah. Well, he was from. Is he from Notre Dame? That's right. Yeah. Plus, he's Canadian. He is. His name is Mapletron. That's his. Uh, that's it. That's his new brand. name. Is Mapletron. That, that's what he has branded himself <laughs> as. Mm-hmm. Well. Whatever works, young man, because four touchdowns in a game is 
pretty stinking good. Yeah. I think he's the first Canadian to ever score four touchdowns in a game. I saw that little tidbit. So there's your there's yeah. your uh, knowledge bomb for the evening. You know what's interesting about all four of those touchdowns is that right after those touchdowns, he plays kick coverage on kickoffs. Wow. He goes down and tackles Why people on kick coverage. Why do you let him do that? Because he's a beast <laughs> at it. <laughs> I think after a four... They said he's, he's really a healthy guy. I mean... Yeah, I think after that game, I'm like, oh, let's not play special teams with him right now. I don't know. That's just me. Yeah. I mean, I think they try to they, they pump the brakes a little bit and try to gradually work him back in because you don't want to overload him and have like a quick flat like flame out of him. You want him to be good for a while. And they have some questions of what they're going to do with receiver next year because Juju Smith-Schuster will be a free agent. He looks pretty good, but he's not like he's not worth twenty million dollars a year. That's, I I agree with that. I don't think he's. I, I think he's good, but not he, not that good. He might get that the money Jets. from you know a team like the Jets, the Lions, or the Dolphins, or one of the franchises that just says, you know what, who cares? We suck. Let's just right. do something. Yeah. So I, I yeah, they could definitely do it, but the Steelers, I don't see the reason to pay him that. If they were going to pay anybody, I'd tell them pay Bud Dupree. Okay. That guy looks like he's got maybe a half a rocket up his butt or maybe a whole, a whole rocket. rocket. It's hard <laughs> to tell, but <laughs> he, he he's just looking dominant. I mean, there's not a lot of guys that are as athletic as he is at his size oh, in the NFL. I remember when he came out of Kentucky, I was really excited uh, for that. Yeah. But he, he kind of struggled his first couple years, didn't he? Yeah, he did. When T.J. Watt took off, it helped him yep. a lot. So that's a good duo to keep. Uh, plus, it helps when you have Cam Hayward in the middle. That always is is a good He's thing a to, to have. So their defense seems to be more dominant, except against the Eagles. I don't know what happened. I picked them up for fantasy football, thinking that they would be able to dominate the Eagles, and they kind of let me down. I'll tell you what happened. His name is Travis yeah, Fulgham. I saw that guy. That's what happened. That guy, he's like a he's like a possession receiver, but he's he's able to get his body in the position to make the catch in front of people. He's making tough catches. He's making catches underneath, making a lot of jump combat type catches. I mean, he was. I think he's like a practice yeah, squad he was guy. With like the Lions practice squad, I think, and a couple other teams, and then I think the Eagles have just been decimated. I know. Uh, oh crap! I they have two wide receivers, and I can't think of either one of their names. It's Alshon Jeffrey They're, and Deshaun yeah, Jackson. Jackson is like a shell of himself. I don't really. I don't know. Um. Right. I I just think that this Fulgham guy took the Steelers by surprise. Like they I think the defensive coordinator was thinking he kept thinking in the game, you could tell because he wasn't doing anything to change the coverage. He's like, This won't continue. This is But it did. You know, this guy can't keep it and then he did, and then it's like, Okay, let's put our best cornerback Joe Hayden on him and, 
he broke up a, a nice pass on a third down. So, but yeah, I mean, I, I they've been decimated by injuries, but the Eagles have always matched up against the Steelers well. The Eagles' defense against the Steelers' offense because of the Eagles' pass rush, and because Ben Roethlisberger usually likes to hold on to the ball before he makes his passes, and the Eagles' defense gets pressure all the time, so you can't really hold on to the ball. You need to have quick passes, and uh, that's what they were doing on Sunday, and it really worked for them. Uh, but I'm not sure why the Eagles' offense looked so good. I think Fulgham really helped, and, and Miles Sanders had a 77-yard yeah. touchdown that I told you I wanted to fight Terrell Edmonds. I mean, he didn't even make an attempt to get off that block. It's like, where's your pride? I mean, come on, man. Get off the block and try to make a play. Like, what are you doing? Or throw your hands up in the air and act like you're being held, for Christ's sake. Do something. But, yeah, so, I don't know. Don't know. I would like I would like to see Juju Smith-Schuster stay in for Pittsburgh. Right price. I think he could have a good career there, but I think he would have to take a pretty pretty decent team-friendly yeah. deal. See if he's up for that. But I could see like a receiving core of him, um, Mapletron, James Washington. Deontay Johnson was really good last year, and this year he's like – He's like in his own head. He's always like punching the ground or hitting his helmet, fumbling balls. He hurt his back last week. Like he just seems like he's not having a, a good year. I don't know which player is more the truth. <laughs> is it the player that you see now or is it the player that he was last year? It's hard to tell. Um, he has some some interesting talents at wide receiver. He's one of those guys that it's like Antonio Brown. Um, it's like the Steve Largent was the first one that I ever heard about it from, but, but he can run at one speed sprinting and cutting into his routes. So it's too fast for somebody else to react to as quickly as he's doing it because it's one speed and that helps it be crisper and it helps it be more sudden when they make quick cuts in their routes. So that, that's what Antonio Brown used to do all the time is just these sudden quick cuts and he doesn't change his speed. Deontay Johnson can do the same thing. I mean, he can stop on a dime and then be back moving, but, but he's trying way too hard. He needs to just chill out and it'll, it'll happen. But all right. So that's our <laughs> home team rants yes. for the evening. So what, uh, what else should we, should we touch on here? Um, well, we talked about the Falcons. We talked about how they have no cap space and no coach. Um, but it is better than ha than having Adam Gase. We yeah, can just you're say probably that. better off without. It's better to not have a coach than having him. Yeah. Uh, we talked about Le'Veon Bell. Uh, yes, we did. Other than baseball, I don't really know anything else that's going on right now. Oh. I did. I have one one thing. It's outside the realm. This is why it's a bit of anything. Okay, so Khabib, Khabib Nurmagomedov, the UFC okay. fighter. You're taking me into a realm. Beat Conor McGregor. I know very little. I know, but that's what I wanted to put this on you to see. So, 
Khabib is uh, from Russia or Soviet area, somewhere there. He's a Muslim, was raised that way. He's Right now, his record is 28 and I know. He's never lost. So he was to fight Conor McGregor in 2017, 2018, something like that. And uh, a lot of bad beef went down. Uh, McGregor was throwing a, a like parking stand yeah. through a bus window right. trying to fight somebody. There was all this like, craziness like going on, on about this fight. Or something. Yeah. And he said a bunch of stuff about this guy's dad. And so Khabib went into the fight and he just demolished McGregor. And as soon as McGregor was done, Khabib jumped right over the fence and went into the crowd and started to try to fight with uh, McGregor's people because of what they said to his family. So Khabib said in an interview with ESPN recently that he finished Conor McGregor and he's not going to give Conor McGregor an opportunity to fight him again because he doesn't deserve it. And it would be too much of a story for Conor McGregor if he had a rematch and won, and he doesn't want to give that his opportunity. Give him that opportunity. He wants to focus on other fighters who have fought more in the past few years. McGregor's fought one fight okay. since then. So I just think like, hey, I like that to be honest, because I don't like McGregor. And I think Khabib, it's it's just it's awesome saying like, hey, I kicked your ass. You can say whatever you want, do whatever you want now. But I got you in your prime. Why should I let you have another shot at it? Yeah, I agree. I like that too. Um, it's like, yeah, yeah, exactly the same reasons. I beat you. Why am I going to go back now? So, like, uh, but then there's this part of me, Dan, that's like, yeah, sure, I'll kick your butt again. I, I, I kind of have that right. side of me as well, just to to throw, play devil's advocate. I do like the the fact that he's like, no, you talk crap about my family. I want nothing to do with you. But I do like this, like, okay, you think you want to fight me again? How about I kick your butt again, and then you just, like, never talk to me or ever mention me ever again, other than the fact that I've kicked your butt twice. I do kind of like that the sound of that as well i kind of i don't know this that's probably one of my problems in life is i get both sides of the story i kind of like both <laughs> but in just to play uh, no but it, it makes sense i mean i of course i agree with you i i, I thought that too you know but, no, I'm just ahead, say maybe for sake of 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 argument i'll take the side of no just just go kick his butt again who cares you go out and just right. sure he wants a rematch. I'll give him a rematch if I, you know, if he's in shape. If he hasn't fought for a while, then yeah, like you don't want to go out there and get embarrassed. But um, I mean, if you're in shape and you you there's you know you can win, go kick his butt again. Like he's been working on whiskey for three years. Just go kick his butt again. Like, <laughs> just. Go kick it again. Right. Yeah, and, and he, uh, Khabib also turned down the opportunity to coach against him on the Ultimate Fighter. He said he wouldn't do it for $5 billion because it's good attention for Conor McGregor. So he just wants McGregor to go away. I mean, that's what his goal is. Yeah. 
He said everything was done on October 6, 2018. That was that night. He said, I finished everything about him. That's like, it's like cold. Like, it's somebody that, like, I don't know. Like, there's just some aspect about it where, like, if, if your average fighter was like, no, yeah, I'm not going to ever fight him again. And you'd be like, I guess. But this kid, like, grew up. There's video of him fighting bears when he was a kid. <laughs> that sounds very Russian. Like, his parents. His, yeah. <laughs> his parents are like, here, wrestle with this bear, <laughs> damn it. And, <laughs> this bear ate your cucumber or your lettuce or whatever. <laughs> Go, go wrestle this bear. <laughs> it's a beet. It's yes. a radish. But, yeah, so I don't know, but there's something about this that I like. Like, he's he's cold in a way where it's like, I'm not in this for money. I'm in this for fighting. And he said, you know, at the end of it, he's like, I saw, uh, I see a new challenge in Dustin Poirier in 2019. I can't pronounce these guys' names in the UFC. They're, they're just weird. Justin Gavji, okay. Um, these are like the hardest names I've ever seen in my life in one sentence, but, uh, I don't know. So, yeah, I, I just thought that was an interesting one that was kind of out of, out of the realms of our normal. Um, very much so. Cause I, I think there was an NBA, uh, there was an NBA game uh, the other day. I, I heard that the NBA, yeah. like the championship happened and like nobody watched it. I heard Los Angeles purchased it. Golly. Yeah, I, I, I think they they bought it this year. Huh. Yeah, kind of. Basketball sucks. Basketball is lame anymore, and I, I guess a basketball as a sport is awesome. Yeah. The NBA sucks. That's that's what I, I love. Meant. That's what I, I yep agree hundred percent. I like, you know, I I did watch <laughs> the Jazz because I grew up a Jazz fan, and so they made the playoffs. They were in the bubble. Okay. They they blew a three one lead, but like I. I kind of enjoyed watching them, and I thought, well, maybe I'll give this a chance. And I say that every play, every every year. I'm like, I'll give these guys. <laughs> he said every time. Why do I exactly. keep saying that? <laughs> and I'm like, I'll give them one more chance, maybe next year. And I watch a game, and then I'm like, nah, this this is dumb. And uh, I end up, I end up not. Uh, ever really watching it until the playoffs again. So, yes, I, I watched, like, the Jazz Series against the Nuggets. I kind of got into it. I even had a couple buddies come over that are from Utah, and they on the last game, the Jazz lost, and then I just kind of was like, ah, nah, I don't really want to watch this anymore. And I'll usually watch the finals, but I'll be honest, I didn't see maybe – a minute's worth. I, I saw some clips on Twitter, but I didn't tune in ever. I never watched it once. And uh, I heard that viewership yeah, for the championship either. game or, or for that series was down by like 64% from last year. So, yeah. I mean, it's, it's ridiculous. Like LeBron James could, he, he could get cut from the Lakers tonight go sign with another team next year, purchase all of his friends away from their teams, and go and win a championship for another team next year. It's, yeah. it's boring. But you know what's the best part of the entire NBA season? The absolute best part of the whole season was the dude from the Rockets who got kicked out of the bubble because he brought a hooker back to the hotel room. He is a champion. He... 
He's like, I know we ain't gonna win. I'm just gonna get some pussy to fuck this. <laughs> and he, he was just, uh, I mean, it's the same thing as the the rookie from the Seahawks that tried to. At least he attempted to sneak that yeah. that girl into the hotel. This one, I, I don't think he. That cared. guy. Oh my god. Yeah. This guy was like, send me home. I don't care. Our team's gonna lose anyway. But. It's just funny. He like at some point he was just like, "Man, that's it. I'm not waiting anymore. I'm getting a hooker. I've been waiting to get one. I got the money set up. I'm, you know, it's just it's hilarious. And it was, it is funny that the rookie from the Seahawks does yes. the same thing. I mean, it's just like, good lord. Like, I'm not even gonna go down that that path. But but for God's sakes, you can't live without a hooker for I guess that not. long. I like, know. damn. Well, when you've got the money to do things uh, like that, I get I will never know, and I wouldn't do it anyway because I can think of a lot better <laughs> things to spend my yeah. money on. But I, I don't know. That's true. Well, that's that sounds like a good yeah. lesson for the kids. Don't spend your money on hookers. There's better things to do with your lives. You'll get sent yep. home from the bubble. You'll nope. never be a champion. Very good lesson for everybody to learn. If you get hookers, <laughs> you're not a champion. That's what it. That's what it is. That's the lesson. Right. That's a lesson for the evening. So, folks, check us out on noholdsbarredsports.com. We also have a YouTube channel, NHB Sports. And uh, we'll be back in the future. Give you another earful. So, for Tyler and Dan, we are signing off. We'll catch you in the next episode. Later.